0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, April 19th, spring break is over, edition of the Basement Academy. We are back live in the studio. I expect it might take a couple days for folks to figure that out, and that's just fine. Uh, Hope you have enjoyed the replays. Um, The sound quality and video quality was not, back then (laughs) in 2020, is not what it is now, but I think that was helpful material uh, as we walk through our Easter cycle, Holy Week cycle. Anyway, back in the studio, glad for it, um, and introducing a new series. Okay. What we're going to be talking about is a few of my favorite psalms. Kind of, I'm I'm picturing um, Sound of Music, right? These are a few of my favorite psalms. <laughs> And so what I'm going to do for the next month is take one of the five psalms of the day and reflect on that. Now, to ask me to choose one of the five psalms as my favorite is like asking me to choose which of my three children is my favorite. They're all my favorites. And each one has unique qualities and personality and and just gifts. And so with the Psalms, Um, I'm going to point you to the study. I think it was a three or four week study, a rule of prayer going all the way back to January of 2021. And so I lay out this thing about praying the Psalms, how to do it, why to do it, the structure of the Psalms, um, why five Psalms a day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, if you've not watched that, or even if you did back in 21, that's over two years ago, let me invite you as bonus <laughs> for extra credit. Go back and re-listen, if it's the audio podcast, or re-watch those to kind of catch you back up why it is that we do five psalms a day in this particular little pattern. Anyway, that's the plug to go back and kind of catch you up. So what I'm going to do for the next uh, four weeks is unpack one of the five psalms on each day. And so the morning Psalm will be that Psalm. And so today I've chosen Psalm 19. So on day 19, I've chosen Psalm 19. So let me read that and then kind of tease that out, how I pray it, some things that that come to my mind and heart each month uh, as I offer this prayer to the Lord. So Psalm 19, for the director of music, a Psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 19. Uh, this has been a favorite of mine for a really long time. I think I've shared with you before that I used a portion of this psalm as the text for my ordination sermon. So back in the day uh, when I was ordained, back in 1992, not only were there written exams and then a, a, an oral examination I also had to preach a sermon before our presbytery, Southern Kansas Presbytery. Uh, That requirement has changed. Um, And so the sermon never is preached in front of the entire presbytery. The examination doesn't happen in front of the entire presbytery. It happens uh, by a, a, a smaller committee. Uh, and I think we've missed something in that, to be honest with you. And I think that's part of what has plagued the Presbyterian Church. Folks are coming into the ministry who can't sustain the examination. And so that's that's for another day. Anyway, Psalm 19 is, is beloved of mine. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. That was the text of the sermon. Okay, a couple things going on here. the The psalm begins... Uh, with extolling the virtues of God's creation, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. And it talks about the speech or the language or the voice or the words. And so it uses each of the that that language. And so what the psalmist is doing here at the opening, it's like the book of creation or the book of nature is speaking. And then he turns, of course, to the book of scripture, right? The commands and ordinances and precepts of the Lord. And so it's it's an initial reflection upon the glory of God that we behold in the heavens, particularly sun, moon, stars, planets. They couldn't have maybe detected that which was a planet. We have the ability to know that. But the sun rises, and it rises and rejoices to run its course like a champion, like a, like a bridegroom coming forth from the pavilion, like this, this glorious reality, this joyful experience. Every day is a new day, and so the psalm is an opportunity to give thanks for this day, to give thanks for creation to go out for a walk at night and see the stars and the constellations and they move through the seasons of the year. I love watching Orion. I'm kind of pointing to the direction that, that I see Orion move uh, throughout uh, the sky for us, uh, from my home, it's out our front door. Paul picks up on this in, in Romans chapter one, that people are without excuse that that God's power his invisible invisible qualities are on display nobody can say there's no god God's power God's work God's majesty are on display day after day night after night by day as the sun comes forth nothing is hidden from its heat and so the sun illumines the entire world and so God provides light for us. And then by night, there's this quiet, silent witness. Even <laughs> there are no words, but there are words, right? And so there's that little, little um, kind of uh, poetic tension uh, that is lifted up. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. And so he begins by extolling uh, the virtues of God's creation and with this wonderful poetic language. Uh, I, I love it. And then the psalmist turns to the book, not of nature, but of scripture, God's revealed word. And so here's a great example of Hebrew poetry. Now we read, I read in English, but it's translated from the Hebrew, the original language of the Old Testament. Our poetry typically rhymes sounds, right? And so so we want um, a, a line, uh, t- two lines to be balanced by virtue of the sound uh, that they make. And so often our hymns uh, are, Um, are are based on this this, uh, scheme of poetry, if I could say it that way. Hebrew poetry doesn't rhyme sounds, it rhymes ideas. What do you mean by that? Well, this is an example. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And so what we're doing here, what the psalmist is doing, the law of the Lord, and then we have the statutes of the Lord. The law and the statutes are parallel ideas. It's rhyming an idea. So not only do we have a rhyming of uh, the law of the Lord and the statutes of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. So there's a virtue to the Word of God. It's perfect. It is trustworthy. And then it has an effect. It revives the soul. It makes wise the simple. So there's three ideas that are being rhymed in these op- this opening line of verse 7. And then what the psalmist does is he heaps up more and more um, ideas around the same thing. Some way of expressing the Word of God some virtue of the word of God, its excellencies, and then the impact of the word of God. So the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple, the precepts of the Lord. So now we're not talking the law, we're not talking statutes, we're talking the precepts of the Lord are right. Giving joy to the heart, that's the, the, the impact. The commands of the Lord are radiant. They shine, giving light to the eyes. The the word of God helps us to see spiritually, right? There's a spiritual sight that we gain from God's word. The fear of the Lord. So now we've moved away a little bit from the written word itself, but the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. And then he comes back the ordinances of the lord are sure and altogether righteous so so what is that 246 repetitions uh, around the word of god and its excellencies and its virtues and their impact on our lives and then to cap it off they are more precious than gold they they what they, the words of God, the commands of God, the precepts of God, the ordinances of God, etc. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold, sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. And so he takes that which we aspire to. We all love gold, and we all love the sweetness of honey, right? And so he lifts up it and kind of rounds out um, this this portion of the psalm lifting up the the excellencies of God's word by saying, more precious than gold, sweeter than honey. Now, if you're not ready to go read your Bible after this, you're not paying attention, right? Who in their right mind would not want eyes that see, a heart that, that is joyful, a soul that is revived? Who wouldn't want to be wise out of our simple Kind of nature, our you know folly in being simpletons to become wise. Who wouldn't want to be wise and joyful and to be able to see the world accurately? We all would. And so the path is found in the Word of God. And so the Psalmist. Extolling the heavens declare the glory of God. Now he extols the virtues, not of creation, but of revelation of God's word. And then there's a pivot. By them, that is by these commands and ordinances and precepts, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. And so now we turn to this other uh, effect of God's word, It guides us, it warns us, it shapes us, it directs us, it it leads us in the right path of life. And so we have a world that has warning signs all over. Um, We've talked about that before from the pulpit. And when the signs are ignored, we ignore them at our own peril. Okay, do not swim. (laughs) And people go swimming and they drown and they're harmed. And so God's word is guiding us and it's warning us, saying there's danger over here. And so if we heed the warnings, if we if we embrace the commands and the precepts and the ordinances, there is great reward. And then a period of confession, a time of confession. Who can discern his errors? Talking about our, our own lives. We we don't want we don't want to confess the sins of others, which is often what we do, right? We want to confess our own sins. And so the this, this psalm moves and invites us to confession. Lord, who can discern? <laughs> my I can't discern my own errors. My sin blinds me so much that I can't even detect where I've gone astray. And this is what we see all the way back to the beginning uh, of uh, Genesis. What Adam and Eve sin, the first thing they do is sow fig leaves. Humans have been covering up their shame, their offenses. We've been hiding in the bushes. We've been pointing the finger, making excuses, acting like victims from the beginning. This is human nature. This psalm keeps us attentive to that reality. Who can discern his there? Lord, forgive my hidden faults. Now, they're not hidden to God, right? But we hide them. We try to hide our faults from others. And we do so in such a way that we even try to hide them from ourselves. Forgive my hidden faults. I've tucked them away, I, I've tried to pretend, I've tried to act as if I have done no wrong, but I have done wrong. Lord, forgive my hidden faults and keep me also from willful sins. Um, and so you've got the hidden fault where kinda, you know, I don't want anybody to know and I'm doing it over here and I'm kind of tucking that away. Other sins are more manifest. I I don't know how many times in my life I've thought, it's countless, and I don't know how many times you've heard this or thought this yourself. I know I shouldn't, but. (laughs) I know I shouldn't, therefore I'm not going to. No, that's not the way we humans roll, right? I know I shouldn't, but you should have heard what they did, right? And so there are willful sins. We know we shouldn't, but we do it anyway. Lord, with your commands, with your precepts and your ordinances, keep me from willful sins. Lord, let let let, let me hear that warning uh, of your word. Because when I do, I'll be innocent, I'll be blameless. And, and that's we we aspire to that. We we love to live with integrity. We want there to be integrity to our lives. I don't want hidden faults. I don't want willful faults. I want to live openly, joyfully, um, honestly uh, before the Lord. And so the psalm gives occasion for praise to God through creation and a meditating on his good works. It gives occasion for um, extolling the virtues and embracing Uh, the goodness of God's word and asking God to cause our eyes to open and our hearts to be open and joyful as we study his word, as we hear it in sermons and in other places. And then it gives us occasion to confess. And so every month, Psalm 19 helps me to confess, Lord, I, I know I've been doing that thing I shouldn't do. And I remember that thing I did a couple of days ago. I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway. And so it's an opportunity for confession. And then it closes with perhaps the most well known verse of Psalm 19, verse 14, the last verse. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May there be an integrity, a connection. Um, between my words, how I speak, how I act, my outer life and my inner life. May that which no one else can see, but you can see, O oh Lord, may, may, may my outer world and my inner world be congruent. May, may I be a whole person. And Lord, may my meditation be pleasing in your sight, how I think about others. May I not be duplicitous. I say one thing about them, but in my heart, I harbor another thought towards them. Now, after we've confessed our sins, that that helps us to clean up the meditation of our heart, right? After we've sat honestly and let God's word uh, be sweet to us and and warn us and, and be precious to us like gold, Lord, your word called me out. It does call me out, and so help me to live into the integrity of an outer and an inner uh, congruence. May the words of my mouth today, may the meditations of my heart on you, on your world, on uh, neighbors, friends, enemies, (laughs) coworkers, others that I I, uh, come across today, strangers, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I love Psalm 19 for this reason. And so if you follow the rule of prayer every month on the 19th, you will read this Psalm and you will pray this Psalm. And, and so, you know, I've unpacked it over, you know, 15 minutes or so here. You could We can read the Psalm more quickly than that. I mean, I read it in what, two minutes. But to sit with the psalm and let the psalm sit with us and abide with us and be inside of us. And then to go out into the new day and to behold that sun coming forth rejoicing like a bridegroom from the pavilion, like a champion running the course. And I'm pointing from east to west as my house sits. And so throughout the day as you see that sun on the on the 19th you might recall this psalm as you go out for an evening walk or you're rolling the trash can out to the cart as I did last night you see the you see the stars and you go oh my goodness look at those beautiful i almost hear the voice of the lord bearing witness to his glory and power as we go out for a new day lord as we get into a conversation, Lord, my words be pleasing in your sight. May, may meditation be pleasing in your sight. So it's a great psalm. I commend it to you. It certainly is one of my favorites. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of Psalm 19, the gift of your creation and how it bears witness, the gift of your word and how it is so precious to us and sweet to us and warns us. And thank you for the, the gift of this call to confess. Lord, forgive our hidden faults. Keep us also from willful sins this day that we might live with integrity, that our words and our actions would reflect who you have called us to be, who you've made us to be as the followers of Jesus Christ. And so hear our prayer for one another, for our friends, neighbors, families, Lord, that we might live Uh, as the followers of Jesus, in whose name we pray, and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May God bless you today with the witness from his creation, with the power and joy and light-giving reality of his word. And may he forgive all your sins, and may he cause you to live with great integrity before him this day and forevermore. Amen.